Hi, I'm Corey Hoffing, and you're listening to the Miserable Failure Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Miserable Failure Podcast, episode 49. Holy shit. I have with me Corey Hoffing. How are you doing, Corey? You don't have a drum set in front of you, so you're probably not that happy. But how are you doing anyways? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I got a coffee, so like that makes me happy it's, already. It's so. not just any coffee. That's my premium special blend it Dunkin' is. Donuts. It is. It's delicious. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm running low. So anyone listening, if you if you want to send me some Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and I'll send you my address. I'm always cool with getting sent free coffee. Free, uh, free stuff in free, general. Free, yeah. of course. Just don't right? send me any like heads or anything like that. That's just weird. Like human heads? Yeah, like any kind of like murderous things. I don't want those. I don't Anthrax. I don't want any of that stuff in the mail. No, no. Nothing that's like… <laughs> Illegal. <laughs> Illegal, I guess. Yeah. So how are you doing? What's I'm good, on? man. I'm good. You know, like life is busy and… Uh, I'm just playing with everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should mention that we are in person. We are, yeah. And I've only, I've only done this one other time and that was with Valerie. So it, it like kind of doesn't count. So it's yeah. happening with you. We have a uh, a show coming up this Saturday, which I guess will happen before this is released. Playing for Lotharo, and that's been a lot of fun getting back with those guys. Like it's been about four years, I think, since I I played with them. You were in Unleash the Beast, is that right? Is that, yeah. yeah, Unleash the Beast. There, I just pulled that EP. one out of my ass. Yeah, good yeah. job, man. I, I watched yeah. the video many times. I'm excited, and in our set, there's only one song. From that era of when I played with them that we're playing. So I got to learn pretty much a brand, brand new. new set yeah. from scratch. Which was a lot of fun. And, and learning my buddy Kale, his uh, Kale Costello, uh, his parts was a lot of fun. He played on the Wings of Agony EP that they released. 2019? No, no, 2020 I think. Was it? I think they released that at like… The peak of the pandemic. I think you're correct. Because I remember they were like releasing videos as they, the pandemic was happening. Yeah, absolutely. And they actually never got to play anything off that EP live oh, until wow. more recently. They've done like two shows uh, since things have slowly started to open yeah. up again. March 27th, 2020, like right as the ball dropped on the pandemic, they released their album. Yeah. I guess it was a week after uh, Crimson Shadows released our EP. Yeah. That was literally like, dude, everything shut down, I want to say, on the 14th or the 13th or something. And we released our EP on the 14th. Like literally the day after. <laughs> it was like the worst timing imaginable. Mm. Just everything got pushed under the rug. Because it was just cancellation after cancellation yeah. on, on tours and everything. And we're like… We released an EP first thing in seven years. Jesus. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So did you guys have a lot of touring planned? Crimson? No. No? Okay. Uh, not, not off the bat anyways. We always had plans to do our full length record. We've been working on it and had it pretty much written since like 2016. Well, what's holding you guys back at this point? Um, Before we get into it, okay. you're in a band called Cribs and Shadows. Yes. You guys have been a band for about 14 years, I want to say, 2007? 2006 is when we formed. Okay, and actually, my, my so. band, Endorphins, we actually played a show together back then. But mm -hmm. fast forward till now, it's you and your brother. 
Yes. And then who else is in the band? Greg Rounding, Jimmy Maltese, and Alex Snape. Yeah. Pretty much all original members except our bass player, which we just like go through bass players <laughs> like crazy as most Happens bands a lot. do, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, but everyone else is, is original. Original lineup. And we're very happy because Jimmy did leave for a couple years in there. And I think that played a huge role on why we kind of didn't get the album done right away. Our lineup just wasn't… It just didn't fit the way we wanted it to. We had Paul Zene, who was from the band Blackguard, if anyone knows them. He's a really, really good friend of mine. And I literally like pulled his arm in and was like, you're doing vocals you're for us. Like yeah. you're, the, you're our only hope. Well, it's not um, easy to sing like power metal. Like it's power metal, right? I can say that. Well, you, are you offended by that? It's power metal. <laughs> but as far as the, like the main vocalist is concerned, it's death metal. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it's kind of like it's melodic death metal, if you will. Okay. Right? It's all growls and For screaming. anyone who's listening that doesn't know metal like Corey and I do… Everything has a label on it. It's not like punk. Where it's, is that band a punk band? Yeah, it's a punk band. No, it's a metal band. There's like sub-genres. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. I love it. Yeah. Okay. You really break it down. So yeah. we are epic uh, power death metal. Epic power death metal. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Which would be like a little bit of Dragon Force. Of course. What else? Sa- Sabaton? No. I would not. I would not <laughs> throw Sabaton in the mix there. Um, Amon Amarth. Amon Amarth. Uh, yes, you're Amon right. That's the, that's the beard. Uh, the beard part of it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> me and my brother have beards. Yes. So. Uh, there's definitely Children of Bodom in yeah. it. Bodom, yeah. a huge influence on us when we first started, for sure. Yeah. Even like Arch Enemy a little bit. Yeah, okay. Uh, and just like… Hopefully in- all old Arch Enemy. Yeah, go on. Yes. Like Wages of <laughs> Sin yes. era. Okay. Yeah. That, that was like my shit when yeah. I was 16, 15, yeah. 16. When like I first started playing. Four, five. Yeah. 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 Whenever it was released. Yeah. We actually had a burnt copy of Wages of Sin before it was released. I had that. I downloaded the MP3. Oh, I didn't have it before it was released. See, my brother's guitar uh, guitar teacher was Glenn Drover. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Pre-Megadeth. Yeah. He was in like King Diamond and stuff like that before that though. But it was when he was in like the heart of the… Eidolon. Eidolon days. (laughs) Yes. And the band that I had joined… When I was 15, I played bass for his band, and it was Swords of Scorn. They recorded with Glenn as well. How have we not so, met before? Like, how, I, like I don't, we must, <laughs> we we definitely did, but uh, like we were talking about before oh. all this, man. Like, you you meet so many people, or you see so yeah. many people, and you're in the same place, but you never actually like shake hands and have conversations no. necessarily, right? Yeah. So, did you have a beard back then? I tried. <laughs> I tried. I, when I was 15, I tried. I had sideburns for a while. Yeah. Like I, that's the only thing that would grow. Just like uh, long sideburns, long chops. I had I, I did. had long yeah. hair like past my my nipples, like just super long. Yeah. 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 Mine mine's like past my waist yeah, now, no, dude. That's I insane. made a haircut. Do yeah. you know a hairdresser? I do. I'm, yeah, Emily yeah? Emily Bones. She cuts my hair. Does she? Yeah. I might so have to time, talk to her. Yeah, next yeah. time you see her, so yeah. Get the haircut for for free, hopefully. Oh, buddy, one. I need it. I used to live with one, and now I <laughs> yeah. don't. So I'm like, ah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I need it. I need it so bad. Anyways, um, we're getting off yeah. topic. Where did your brother take lessons? Because I worked at a music store for quite a while, where Glenn drove her, like giving people lessons. <laughs> Musicplex. Okay. Oh wow, that is a 
throwback. Yeah, dude. That is a throwback. I used to yeah. go there all the time. Yeah, man. So he started out at uh, Music Plex, and then I think Glenn switched to Long McQuaid. Yeah, he was. A- I remember when he got the uh, the Megadeth gig too. He yelled. A- he saw us going in, and he yelled across the parking lot. It was like, Ryan, come here. Pulls in. He's like, dude, guess who I'm playing for? It's like your favorite band. <laughs> It's like Megadeth. And we're like, no fucking way. I, it's yeah. funny because uh, like I, I'm friends with Joe from War Machine and, and mm-hmm. he knows Megadeth and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and yeah. I remember him like sending me trio video. He like, Glenn like filmed the video of him playing guitar. Yeah. And he had to play Hangar 18. All like, all the solos and everything. everything yeah. And he sent it to me and I was watching him play it. I'm like, wow. Wow, he, he's going to be, he's going to make Megadeth and he ended up being in Megadeth. Yeah. I think the first thing that Dave Mustaine said to him was, okay, you're going to have to lose weight. There was like rules, like you have to start dressing like this. So you need to go buy a bunch of these types of clothes. You need to you need to weigh at least this much. And you, your hair has to be this long. There was like a whole bunch of like simulations and rules for Holy him joining shit, the band. Eh? Yeah, it was crazy. That's nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, worth it. Oh, a hundred percent. I would say so. Anyways, you know. And then Glenn I'm, already had like a crazy career in a past life, essentially, mm-hmm. man. So like playing for King Diamond and everything yeah. is nuts. And then he shows up. And the drummer can't hack it. Nick. So was Nick yeah, Menza. I think it was Nick Menza. Yeah. yeah. He he couldn't hack it. So literally Glenn just called his brother. Yeah. Sean, all right. Yeah. And he hopped on a plane. He learned uh like the whole set on the plane. Sean's probably listened to Megadeth a million times. So he probably knows the songs already. And when you're like that good of a drummer, like you know, like yeah. you can just listen to a song and be like, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember like I was touring, I was playing drums for War Machine on tour, and they really wanted to play the trooper. And I'm like, I've never played the Trooper ever in my life. Yeah. Like, I, I know the song. So I just, mm-hmm. like, the night before, I just sat in the hotel room. I listened to it a bunch of times. And then Soundcheck came around, and we played it. And it was perfect. I was like, okay, let's we'll, we'll do it live. I'm good. I'm good to yeah. go. We are on tour with Ailstorm. Their drummer, Pete, had some problems with some— had muscle issues in his forearm. If he kept playing a full set every single night, he, there's no way he would have made it through the whole tour. Oh, fuck. So I think he took three or four nights off. And the first night, uh, they were doing sound check. And I walked back into the venue. And they turned to me. He's like, hey, what songs of ours do you know? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. A bunch of them. They're like, can you do this, this, this? And I'm like, okay. And Fake I think it till you make it. Fake it till you make it, folks. four songs. One of them I had played before. Ugh. Because Crimson used to do a cover of When She's a- and Mead. So I knew that one. Or at least I knew the Crimson Shadows version of it. <laughs> so yeah. close enough. Yeah, close enough. But then there's three other songs. I know we did Keelhauled and uh, Captain Morgan's Revenge. And like, and there's one other one that I don't think I had ever played before. But literally, I just… We jammed one song during soundcheck. And then I got on stage that night. And I was like, I'm playing this song. Yeah. That I've listened to, yeah, a million times. You know, like I grew up listening to this band. Mm-hmm. I know this song, but I'm playing in front of a sold out crowd. Where like was every it? night on Which that. Show was it? Um, the first night was What's Poland. It? I cool. forget what venue it was or where it was, but they're probably I'm pretty massive sure we in, in Europe compared to here. It's either Poland or it's France, because I know one of them was in Paris, and that show was insane. Awesome! It was crazy, man. The walls were sweating. It was like way over capacity. That's Europe. That's that's how Europe works. Come on. Like a venue I would look at and be like, okay, it's about 300 cap. 
they sold 500 pre-sales. <laughs> like, yeah. It was like, yeah. we couldn't even go out into the venue. Like, and there's no air conditioning the there. It's usually in the None. basement and it's like dank. and None. Yeah, it yeah. was disgusting. But it was incredible, man. And getting up on stage and I made mistakes. 150%. But do you think the crowd really gave yeah, a shit? No, like, no one cares. It was Ailstorm, man. Everyone's loaded and it's just a fun time. So you just played four and, songs. This is the first night you played, like you just tried out like uh, these four well, songs. All right. They had their their drum tech okay. play the rest of the set. I ended the set. So I did the last two songs of the set. Mm-hmm. And then they would go on for an encore and I would come back out and do the last two songs of the encore okay. as well. So I got to end the set yeah. and end like the whole show and everything as well, which was a lot of fun. That is cool. Yeah, it was It was really cool. It was a really like strange experience to just get thrown into. I think I, I did all right. I haven't gotten the call to play for them again, <laughs> but I was talking to Pete the other day and um, you know, like he he seems to be doing really well and they're on good terms. So, well, your your, you know. fa- your fatal mistake was letting the drummer heal. <laughs> I know, right? No, dude, I was getting exhausted though. I was getting beat down. Like I deal with all the business end of oh, Crimson okay. as well. So it was like dealing with the business side of things and merch and everything like that and all the the money and everything. Well, in Europe, yeah. So you're, are, you're tour managing, basically, what you're saying. I'm, I'm tour managing us, yes, mm-hmm. and then. I have to play a full Crimson set mm-hmm. and then an hour later go back and and yeah. fill in for Ailstorm and be mentally prepared for that. And then also we had so much booze that we had to drink. Like I was yeah, say, that was a job in itself. I was gonna on say, that were tour. you were, was Ailstorm like, okay, you can't drink too much because we need you to perform? Or was that, that like was something never, you were just, that was never that was not a stipulation? They had I a mean, bar. I mean, they're called Ailstorm. They had a bar on stage. And <laughs> what we would do is every time I would the first time I would walk out on stage, Chris would offer me a drink. He'd be like, All right, what are you drinking tonight? Because I knew they had vodka. Whiskey, I forget what else they had. That's all I drank, anyways. Vodka and whiskey on that tour, <laughs> yeah. man. Like, why do you need anything else? That's cool. I remember uh, watching. I think it was Suffocation. Do you, you know Suffocation? Yeah, of course. Is that the band that has? They get people to do like the beer bongs, and then they have sure. people that surf in the crowd. It might be. It's not municipal waste because I would know that. I think it's Suffocation. I've seen Suffocation several times, and I've never seen them. Do okay, that. I'm I'm getting them mixed up with a different party. And then Suffocation is like a death metal band. Yeah, Suffocation is. Yeah, yeah we played with them. So. I played with them, and yeah, I played with them, and uh, it was them Black Dahlia Murder and Cannibal Corpse, the Opera House. Yeah. That sounds sick. I played with Suffocation at the Opera House as well, but that was uh, not a very good show. What year was that? <laughs> I can't remember a year, but it was a, a Spread the Metal Fest in Toronto. Okay, I wasn't there. Uh, it was Suffocation, Kitty. Skullfist played. Crimson was on the bill. It was an absolutely killer lineup of bands, but it was just… Kitty sticks out of that. Like, they're not, like, as… They were awesome, man. Yeah, they're a great band. Kitty is sick. And Skullfist, like, they've been been a band as long as Crimson has, I think. We formed right around the same time. uh, Because we used to play shows together all the time. Yeah, all the time. I play with them, too. But I remember, like, because it was, like, Chort and Goathorn kind of had that kind of… That Toronto metal thing going, and yeah. then they and then they turned Goathorn. I think it was no Chort turned into the Illuminati, and then Goathorn turned into the uh, Cauldron. Cauldron, and Cauldron, then yeah. and then all of a sudden Skullfest is a thing. But they've had so many lineup changes; it's insane. Yeah, it's it's Zach. Yeah, Zach is like he's the guy. I remember actually, this just clicked. I remember he used to call himself Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> you got to call him that. 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun time. We played a show with them in Brampton forever ago. And I remember they showed up with a cube van. And it was like two guys in the front driving a cube van. And then they, they backed right up to the venue and they opened it up. And all their stuff was like set up in the cube van. And they were just fucking pounding. Then the rest of the band was in the back pounding beers. <laughs> it was the fucking most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. Dude, I love that. That sounds like something they would do, right? 100% man, yeah. <laughs> Dude, those guys, those guys loved the party. Mm-hmm. We played some fun shows with those guys back in the day, and they they did super well for themselves. That's super sick. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. they're they're yeah, yeah. they're doing fantastic. Do you know a band from Montreal called Barn Burner? Have you heard of that band? I've heard of that band. Yes. Oh, they are so good. You need to check them out. Okay, I will. Yeah. That name sounds extremely familiar. Maybe it's just an awesome name. It is an awesome name. It is. It's they killer. released, uh, I think they did an, a full length on Relapse. I want to say Relapse. Oh, okay. But it might be Nuclear. Uh, I could be wrong. Some major metal label. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one or the other. Yeah, it's probably Napalm. Yeah. It's not anything. No, not Napalm. Nuclear. Nuclear Blast. Nuclear Blast. Yeah. Europe? Nuclear Blast Europe? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, Napalm is in… Uh, Napalm Records is in Europe, right? Yes, Austria. Yeah. And yeah. would you say that Ailstorm is like the biggest band that kind of brings in the money f- for the label? I would say so, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Ailstorm is like way, way bigger than I ever could have imagined <clears throat> them getting. Yeah. Like it is absolutely insane how huge they really are. They're one of the the big bands on Napalm for sure. We're definitely one of the very small bands on <laughs> well, Napalm. Well, you need to release so. more stuff. I mean, this so far this whole conversation has sprung because you were you were about to talk about the new album. You said you had That's recorded right. it. You it was written in 2016. Has it been recorded yet? So, we are gearing up for production, okay? We are working with an awesome producer. Is it Alex Snape? No, it isn't. Okay. <laughs> He is a phenomenal producer, yeah. but since he is in the band, yeah. we wanted an outside ear to lay all this down with. So we're working with uh, a guy by the name of Asher Alley. He's uh, a local guy who we grew up with. He's doing really well. Uh, so he's taking care of all of the vocals and strings. I will be going to Montreal to The Grid to record mm. drums with Christian Donaldson. And Christian Donaldson will be mixing it as well. Okay. So, I don't know who Christian Donaldson is. Can you tell me a little bit more? the guitar player of Cryptopsy. Okay. I was going to say Cataclysm. But okay. Because I know the guy from Cataclysm has a, an awesome studio in the Quebec area as well. Yeah. The drummer of the old drummer of Cataclysm. The old drummer. Yes, he does. Yes. yes. Uh, That's where the end recorded their second album within the video. It's like on a farm or something. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 But no, uh, this Cryptopsy. is… Uh, yes, Christian Donaldson's from… Cool. Uh, guitar player, Cryptopsy. He records The Agonist. Okay. I'm trying to think. He did the, the Last Shadow of Intent record. Uh, they are so good. I love that band. He's doing the new Shadow record. Aren't as they well. from Australia? No, they're from the states, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I saw them with the. It was a weird lineup. It was like White Chapel and Flesh God Apocalypse. No, you didn't. Yeah, that was like. No, there's no way, dude. Uh, am I going crazy? I must have. I gotta Google dude, this. Please Google because if I miss that show, that was I'm, like in 2018. No, Flesh God, White Chapel, yeah. and Shadow of Intent. Yep. And that there was two other insane. bands. That sounds insane. <laughs> no. No, because I no, I don't believe you. I'm just <laughs> Google this. All right. We'll we'll wait. All right. 
We can fast forward this part because yeah. no, no, I'm just, I'm not gonna fast forward shit. I'm uh, I need a fact checker. That's what I need. Yeah, Someone we just, do. Uh, Jenna, Jenna, can you uh, fact check this? Okay, okay. Yep, it's opening up here. Sorry, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it's coming. Uh, black, black Italian murder. I love BDM. Yes. Okay. I don't know what that other band is. I can't. Oh, a v- version. Okay. So it was Whitechapel. Okay. Black Dahlia Murder, Flesh God Apocalypse, what Virgin Crown, and Shadow of Intent opened. How the hell? And I saw did it at I the I Opera House that? show, and it was the I fucking greatest show. Love every single one of these yeah. bands. And the Shadow opened, and I was fucking blown away by them. They were so good. And they played Nightbringer in its entirety. Yes, they did. And Whitechapel played This Is Exile in its entirety. Yes, they did. What the I have hell? photos. I have photo proof. I was a, a photographer for that. I am so upset right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, all right. Interview's over. Yeah. We're all right. Here. We're done. No, no, we're done. 2022 is like. It'll be out next year. Yeah. Uh, it, it has to be. Napalm. Or I'm moving to Australia. Or Napalm is That's like, where the, f- where the fuck is the album? Uh, uh, honestly, this isn't even like because of pressure from Napalm or anything like that. They're super understanding and they know how shit goes. Plus, <clears throat> we're not making them money anyways. So it's like not something that they're like, all right, we need to get you out it's on the pressing. road. We need you to do this, that, the other thing. <clears throat> they're like, do your thing. We'll release it when it's done. But uh, yeah, so it, it's mainly just for us, man. I, I I need to get this out as like a cathartic thing because we… We got home from our tour cycle from the last record in 2015. Our last tours with Unleash the Archers, like uh, East Coast and <laughs> through states and Canada and, and everything like that. And when we got home from that is when Jimmy left. And we sat down and was like, all right, we're writing a new record. Like right now. We don't yeah. have any shows on the horizon. Don't even have a fucking vocalist. It's like, but we're writing a new record. And we sat down and uh, within three months, we had… I think nine brand new songs, start to finish, like pretty much there. And uh, yeah, and then we've kind of just been tweaking them ever so slightly (laughs) since. Wow, that's Uh, a lot of tweaking. That is a lot of tweaking. Yeah, but there's been a lot of downtime, man. Like um, in that time, my brother got married to his wife, Meredith. They were together for 10 years. Now they're they're 14 years. Yeah, Jimmy got married. Uh, Greg bought a house and he lives in Cambridge. Like, there's just like so much has gone on in our life. I got <laughs> I got two new drum sets. <laughs> oh my god, life is so good yeah. right now. But you know, like once you get to a certain age, and we were a band for about ten years at that point, yeah. right? And we're all in our thirties, and we dedicated so much time and like everything to the band. So it got to a certain point where it's just like. A lot of the guys wanted to do some of that, like, life Absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and that was that time, right? And now we're looking at, at getting back at it, releasing this record, and and seeing where that kind of takes us. Honestly, like, I, I've been fucking itching to get this album out because I think that it is leagues above anything that we've done before. That's good. And… I just want to start writing new material, to be honest. Uh, you, I want you to should, get this stuff You should done. have the next album written while, while you're writing, recording this album. Oh, That'd dude, be perfect. I wish. In a perfect world. I wish. But I want, to, I want to start fresh. I want to get all of this out. 
and done and then start fresh writing something new and something real from right now. Because yeah. all of this is going back to all our experiences from, I guess, 2014 to 2016, mm-hmm. right? Like all the touring we did on that album cycle is kind of the culmination of yeah. this record. All the, the drinking right? on stage. Oh my God, the amount <laughs> of drinking. Uh, so it's, it's crazy to think how far along Unleashed the Archers have come since that tour that you guys did with them. It is absolutely nuts. Yeah. Those guys are abs- like just crushing it. When they got nominated for the Juno, yeah. immediately I said I saw the nomination. And I was like, they're going to win. Like my girlfriend at the time, I turned to her. I'm like, they're going to win. She's like, yeah? And I'm like, 100%. Not even a question. And they are up against like Annihilator and Cataclysm. Like yeah. some, some big guys there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're going to win. You know, even protest the hero. Yeah. You know, like some big names. And I was like, it doesn't matter, man. They don't even, like Unleash the Archers is like on such like a higher level than all of these bands. Yeah. I've seen it from the start. Their first Canadian tour that they did, the first time they really hit the road, we played with them at the Reverb. Skullfist played that show as well. <laughs> yeah. Skullfist like headlined and, and, and it was us and Unleash the Archers. And they blew me away. I was absolutely blown away. I bought a CD, a shirt. We hung out with them. And then the next time they're around, they stayed with us. They stayed with us for like two weeks at one point. Wow. They, uh... When they were on tour. Yeah. We had, a, we had a place in Branton. And that was kind of like a hub for all their shows yeah. around. The yeah. GTA. They just played all the GTA. They would go out to one show. They, I think they played in like Guelph or something like that. And uh, Scott was like, all right, let's go back to Corey's. And Brittany's like, no, let's give them one night off because <laughs> we've literally been there for two weeks, you know, and they're more than welcome. Yeah. Like, I love those guys to death. They're, they're like family to me. And so. uh, we have to mention they won, and I think they're mm-hmm. the first band to win with a female vocalist, like to win a Juno. It's something like that in like in, the history in of the like, metal, yeah. hardcore, or Which metal hard rock. Which is yeah. insane. It's nuts. And yeah. to think, and like, last year, four out of five of the nominees were female friends yeah, I think. Or had females in yeah. in the band. And then the one band that won was Stryker. Four dudes. Yeah. Four we, dudes. Playing. And we got it. They broke up, didn't they? They did not. Yeah. No. That I, was a publicity oh, stunt. Oh, shit. They got they me got too, yeah, man. They, yeah. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, because then they released, yesterday I think they released the song Death Wish. Okay. So They it, played it us was, all. It, they played us all. Yeah. 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 I had a conversation with my brother about it too. I was like, what's going on? It's like He's like, I thought you knew something. I was uh, like, I don't know anything. Like There was a scare like a couple weeks ago. Someone messaged me like, hey man, I heard Greg Gaffin, the, the singer for Bad Religion, quit the band. And I was just like, no, like there's no band without Greg Gaffin. Like, how could oh, yeah, Bad Religion done. not be a band anymore? And like they're Googling done. it and like it was fake. It was it was a hoax or it wasn't a hoax, but it was like a fake rumor that went around. Yeah. But I was panicking. I was like messaging people, like, did you hear about bad religion? What the fuck? And that's how it happens, you know, it just like spreads. Everyone that's starts it, panicking. Yeah. And then you're like thinking about Bad Religion and then you go listen to yeah. all their records. I did. I, I went and listened to Recipe they, for They Hate. make a bunch of money. They probably started the rumor themselves. Probably man. did. They probably yeah. did. Like I remember like messaging the uh, Mikey in his You group chat and I'm like, what the hell? I just heard Greg from Bad Religion just and like Darren Pfeiffer's like, what? I'm going to call him right now and see what's going on. Like everyone's like freaking out. I'm like, Darren, you call him and you tell me what's going on. Yeah. But he's in the band still, folks. We're okay. And Anti Queens, they have a show scheduled in like Berlin in like July. And it's like, Bad is this Reli- released yet? Is this information? It's re- it's this is information. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. totally. It's All like right. Bad Religion, Lagwagon, Lagwagon, 
and uh, and Nancy Queens in Berlin. So I'm like, they better not fucking break up. I want yeah. I want that show to happen. Yeah, dude, that sounds uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, send me free shit as long as it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's legal. Yeah. Okay. You have a podcast. It's called We're Talking Drums. That's correct. And you're, yes. I think you're on episode 44, 45. Like you're right behind me. I, I am. Even though you started after us. I, I, I was going to ask you how that happened. But there was a period where I was trying to do two episodes a week. Yeah. And I did that for like maybe two months straight. And then I gave up real fast because it was hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. When you're mid-pandemic and nothing's really going on and it's like literally it's just awesome to hop on yeah. a Zoom call or something and record it with one of your friends and catch up. Like that's kind of how it's we started getting guests on was I just wanted to chat with some guys and see what was up. Mm-hmm. And like I, I miss talking to drummers, right? Like playing shows and touring and stuff. Like you get to hang out with all your drum buds yeah. and everything. And you every city you're in, there's different people that you hang out with and it's great. That's how it kind of started. And then once things started opening up again, it's like, fuck, this is hard to keep up with. Yeah. And people are busy now. (laughs) They are. And I started reaching out to more well-known guys and everything and trying to line up our schedules. Like my schedule is already crazy. And then I I reach out to guys who are touring and they have pretty busy schedules. And and I I feel like I, I have to reorganize my schedule to suit theirs. That in itself is very, very difficult. So it usually takes two or three attempts of scheduling (laughs) to make it happen. And then you end up like, so far, so good. We have released an episode every week. Yes. I wanted to start doing twice a week. And I am so, so glad I didn't. Yeah, don't do it. So glad I didn't, man. There's definitely a couple episodes I've done if anyone's listening and like they're, they're like, listening to every episode, they they can probably tell. Like, there's episodes where I'll just be like, it'll just be me talking and I'll like, I'll have a theme and I'll play music, which is cool because it is what it is. We just, yeah. you know, we listen, we listen to music together. It's cool, but I've done that yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, like, would you do that? Let's, let's just, you playing drums for an hour? <laughs> no. <laughs> there's no actual, like, playing of drums. But, um, like, the one time we did do a Q&A, which is something yeah. that we didn't plan on doing or anything like that. But, the only person I had around, like I had a guest fall through. I think I had two guests fall through that week. And then I was so busy in the studio. And then I had my bass player there and was like, well, I can't have a bass player actually just on. Yeah. Like nobody likes bass players. So <laughs> I'm, <That's> true. <laughs> we, we hate on bass players a lot. So on our podcast, yeah. so I, I apologize, but you know, <laughs> no bass players—they're they're the worst. I've had a lot of bass players on here. Yeah, yeah. they're the worst. I'm a bass they, player. I can play bass. They're the worst. Yeah, the awful, awful, awful <laughs> people to be around. So we just made it a Q and A. So it was still about drums, and I just got him to ask me questions. It was good. Alex Snape was the man. He plays bass in Crimson Shadows, but he is also guitar player of Unbowed, and he is a drummer. Yeah. for Girthang. I believe is how you pronounce it. Is that it. the band he was touring with in Europe before the pandemic? No, the, I think that was Becomes Astral, which okay. he's a guitar player for. He's in a million uh, bands. He's he always doing things. He really is in a million bands. And Crimson's lucky to have him because awesome. I don't want to find another bass player. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I hate bass players, I hate 
trying to find a bass player even more than actually just having yeah. a bass player in the band. Back in 2012, we did a tour of the East Coast where we didn't have a bass player in the band. So we literally just put it in backing tracks. Play tracks. I, that was the first time I started playing to a click, like a metronome live, was so that we could have a bass player. We called him Tex. <laughs> and he was great. How did it work? Uh, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, but like we we literally lugged around a, a bass amp and everything. What? Why would you do that to yourself? And then we just plugged it right into the head. So oh. we had an actual bass amp and everything on stage. That seems like way too much work. So much work. It was so dumb. I, yeah. I don't know. We would never do that now. No. But uh, you'd have more did. room on stage. Uh, it wasn't too you bad. You wouldn't have though. to carry up a fridge up the stairs. You know, you would. there'd be more room in the van. What we had worked, man. What we had worked, it was okay. fine. Right. It actually didn't work. It sucked. Our van broke down when we were out east and we were stuck out in Moncton for two weeks. Yeah. But that's a whole other Touring. story. Touring, they said it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. Like our first like tour out of province and it was just an absolute. <laughs> Catastrophe. Oh, I'm surprised we actually made it as far as we did because I thought the band was done after that tour. Hundred percent, man. <laughs> well, you, that was, you guys, you guys that survived. Was is it just you on the podcast now? Is Derek still doing it? That is a great question. I feel like I'm allowed to answer these questions on on this podcast just because when things started kind of opening back up and life got busy for everybody, I decided that I was going to continue doing this full swing. I love doing it. Uh, I love talking to to other drummers and, and having conversations and, and keeping it going. And Derek was just simply too busy to dedicate enough time to it to make it worthwhile commitment. Uh, he's in school. He has a job. You know, he has, he has other things in his life. He's still a part of the podcast, very much so. Mm-hmm. We do still talk and we are working on other content together to expand the podcast into more of a educational video YouTube realm of things. So that is something that we're going to be launching in the new year. Mm-hmm. We're kind of just like getting everything together now. So I've kind of taken over the whole like the podcast part yeah. of things. We will be doing the odd podcast together and stuff like that. But when as he's far free. as yeah, as far as like 90% of all the guests and, and everything like that we have on here, I'm doing all of it. Yeah. And then I did bring in Dylan Gowan as yes. well to be a part of it, which he's going to be a big part of the, the YouTube content and cool. everything as well. And Very cool. I hope to have him on more of the podcast episodes coming in the future because he is a great, great guy to chat with and he knows… A lot more about drums than I do. He knows how to talk I'll well too. That. He does a lot of banger TV stuff, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He he does a lot of the stuff with banger TV and everything. And I think he actually went to school for sports broadcasting. Oh, okay. So this is kind of okay. like right up his alley yeah. of things to do. So school. Yeah, I'd love Who goes to. to school? I know, right? <laughs> Best time. Man. When you got a rock, you don't have time for school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you got a rock, I love it. Dude, as soon as I started playing in a band, my grades went. All right, my grades didn't go down. They stayed consistently awful. Yeah, me too. But that's a weird thing, man. As soon as I got into high school, I decided like I want to get out of here. Like <laughs> I almost treated it like jail. Like how do you get out of jail? You be really good, and then you get out early, right? Yeah. If you're terrible, then you're gonna end up there longer. It's true. You know. I, I, so. 
All my friends that skipped classes and did all this stuff. And that was me. That blah, was blah, me. Blah. Yeah, like they ended up <laughs> either staying longer or dropping out and not actually getting a, like their diploma. I was like, no, nah, man. I was there four years. I never failed a class. My grades weren't great. They yeah. were terrible. But, you know, I, I got through and I actually ended up like three credits over what I needed. So I was like, ah, I'm happy with that. I wow. got out. I'm done. And then, you know, just… I, I was I was gonna say like I feel like we had a kind of like a similar upbringing like the way we we became musicians because I've I have done some uh, research on you, but oh, wow. but now that I'm hearing that I'm like the the moment I discovered heavy metal and like punk rock, and then I smoked a joint, yeah, it was game over. I was just like I don't want anything to do with school. I hate it. Like I went to school to hang out with my friends and like I went to classes sometimes. I eventually like I graduated, but yeah. I was there to like hang out with my band members and my friends and a lot of my close friends though didn't go to my high school. Our punk scene in Calnese <clears throat> was throughout three high schools <clears throat> in the area. So like um Humberview that was in Bolton, uh, I was like 20 minutes away and then I was in Mayfield and then Robert F. Hall is a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my close friends were at Humberview. I did, we had like an, an okay punk scene like at Mayfield and everything, and, which was cool. But a lot of the guys were a lot older. And uh, they actually did kind of care about their grades a little bit, at least. <laughs> Punks, <you know>? chumps. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, like I'd go to class because like I knew I had to. Like I knew I had to graduate. That was not an option, not graduating, right? Yeah. I just put my headphones on and listen to music. I would just air like, drum constantly. Yeah. Well, I wasn't even a drummer at that point, man. I didn't start playing drums until after high okay, school. Okay, so so here we go. Did you know I'm a drummer? Did you know I play drums? I didn't. I okay, didn't so, that. so That makes sense well, now, though. I, I think I mentioned it quickly when I said something about War Machine, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, so we're like 40 minutes into this podcast, and I'm finally like <laughs> revealing okay. the secret. Okay, so <laughs> like you, I started playing saxophone. You played saxophone, right? I did not. I played trumpet. trumpet. Okay, I played I saxophone played for two weeks, and I was like, no, I want to play trumpet instead. All and right. I played trumpet from grade six until grade 12. I played trumpet all the time. So I, the first instrument that I wanted to learn was drums. Because they in grade six, they had a drum. They had a, like a, a drum set there. I think yeah. it was like a Pearl kit or a Yamaha kit. I don't, Yamaha, I don't know. It was a black kit. I remember the, the skins were beaten to shit. They had been Always. probably the same skin for 30 Always, years. man. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to play it. But there was another kid that was already the drummer. So I was like, yeah. okay. I would... Go. So you beat the shit out of that kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would just go like during recess and play drums and just bang shit. And then, you know, a couple years into it, I told my parents I wanted a drum set. And they were just like, there's no room in the house for that. They're too loud. We'll get yes. you a guitar. And I was like, okay, sure. So I got a yeah. guitar. But I have always consistently played drums since I was like six years old. I've owned many drum kits. And I've been in multiple bands where I played drums, including War Machine. I played drums in War Machine for like two years. It was after the first album, before the second album came out. I've always been a Pearl guy. I've had uh, Pearl export kits. I've had, uh, I have a Pearl Vision kit right now. And I have a Ludwig kit as well. I was in a cover band for many, many years where we would just like play like pubs and play covers constantly. And it was the point where it's like, hey, Michael, why don't you just, uh, you know, show up with your, like your, your snare and your, 
in your your kick drum and like hi hat and just play like background noise. I'm like, okay. Like from that, and then like a year later, I have like a full kit, and I'm like, we're all rocking out hard. Yeah, yeah it's a great yeah. time. And then when I joined my band, No Big Deal, which Johnny No Cash has played with No Big Deal, absolutely, right? Yeah, man. In 2013, I joined as the drummer. I was the drummer for the first two albums. So if you listen to the first two No Big Deal slash Tomahawk Love albums, that's me on drums. Oh, I shit, didn't. Man. I didn't get promoted to lead guitar until 2016. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'll have to go back and listen to those. Yeah, again, that's me then. on drums, baby. Yeah. Are you impressed? I am. I'm all very right. impressed. And now I I guess I can have you on my podcast now that I know all this information. <laughs> well, I just gave you all my information. What else is there to talk about? But sure, I'll be on your podcast. Why What's not? your favorite snare drum? Huh? Um, you know? my favorite snare drum actually is the Pearl Chad Smith. I really love I really like the steel the steel drums. Yeah. The steel snare, yeah. Your big yeah, steel yeah. snare. I do too. I do like steel snares. Yeah. I have a, a Tama steel snare that I really enjoy. But I love Chad's everything Chad Smith. Though, yeah. Because like his Holy China by Sabian is like a dream. Yeah. I, I destroy them. Too expensive for my They're taste. so expensive. <laughs> I might as well just throw money yeah. down the drain. But I love them so much. You know? I used to put Emperor X on it too. So it was like… It would just crack. It was. Yeah. It would just be like a, a huge snap. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Nice man. Just a snap. When I was in Endorphins, my drummer Patrick, he had a. He ordered the the biggest. I remember he ordered. He was so happy when he ordered. He ordered a Pearl Master Master Masterworks Masterworks, mm -hmm. and he was so excited the day he ordered it. It was like an eight piece like double kick, three toms, three two floor toms. He yeah, had the buddy. he had this he had the the snare like he had everything. He had all the cymbals and I would always play. I was always I was always jamming on his drum set too. Dude, that sounds beautiful. I remember the day I I got my first real big boy kit. Yeah. You know. Oh man. Which kit it was, was awesome. that? Uh it was a tie kit. Mhm. Mm uh company doesn't exist anymore, but they made very inexpensive kits that were a really good quality. And I got 20-inch kicks. Two oh, 20 20-inch kicks. 10, 12, 13 rack toms. 14, 16 floor toms. Things sounded beautiful. It's uh, really old. Needs some love right now. Um, you still have them? I still have it, man. I still have it. Up until more recently, that was my main kit. Huh. That was what I would always play. Up until about a year and a half ago, I got uh, a Tama kit yeah. off my co-host, Derek. That's right. And um, then you got the Mapex kit the day we were shooting the video for Embowed. It's yes. like the first day you played it, isn't it? That was the first time I played it. Uh, they hooked me up because I'm a Mapex artist. Yeah. Plug, plug. <coughs> yeah, I love Mapex. <laughs> Dave Lawrence, who isn't with the company anymore. Yeah. but um, He's gone. Yeah, sadly, because the guy, he was such a sweet dude. Still is, I assume. He's still an awesome <laughs> he's still, guy. He's so cool. I just yeah, don't talk yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, because… Not my artist rep. Yeah, he hooked me up with that loner kit for the video shoot. And after, I was like, I just, I love this kit so yeah. much. I love it. I just bought it. Awesome. I don't care. Uh, and I have another kit on order. <laughs> is so, it another Saturn kit? It is another Saturn kit, but it's yeah. uh, maple. This okay. is the one I have Birch. is uh, Babinga. Babinga. Actually. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Those are yeah. heavy. It is. It's quite heavy. But the Saturn have thinner shells, actually. Mm. So surprisingly, it sounds really nice. I love it. And yeah, I have a maple Saturn kit on the way that has three rack toms. Honestly, it's I ordered it over a year ago. <laughs> so it is so hard to 
remember the exactly, exactly what, what I are. ordered. Is, yeah. is it like, do you think it's like 10, 12, 13? I think I got 8, 10, 12. Ooh, rack. Okay. I love the <laughs> 8. <laughs> I love the 8 because uh, the, the, my Tama kit has an 8 inch. It cuts through like all the, the, the grind, like yeah. the heavy droney guitars, right? So yeah, it exactly. It gives it a nice melodic yeah. feel just like on, on longer fills Ooh, and everything. Yeah. Uh, rather than the 10, 12, 13 is nice. I loved it. But uh, it just doesn't give as big of a division between the toms. Yeah. So, totally. yeah, yeah. I was very excited about it. My favorite kit that I owned, I owned for like six months and I sold it back to the guy who sold it to me because he really wanted it bad. And he ended up paying double for it. Holy Because he wanted it badly. It was a, a U Drums. Do you remember U Drums? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It was an orange acrylic kit and it was a 24 inch bass drum, a 13 inch tom, and then an 18 inch floor. Holy shit! And it eh? was it was a massive kit. It was yeah. it was kind of hard getting used to playing the twenty four inch bass drum from yeah, going from twenty twenty two all my life. Mm-hmm. But then I got used to it, and it just sounded huge. It sounded so good. Yeah, it and would. He begged me. He wanted it. I was like, I love this kit. I and he ended up paying like double what I paid yeah. for it. So You're I'm like, like, I'm like at that point, I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I ended up getting my Ludwig kit because of it. So it worked out. Yeah, man, <laughs> I'd love to hear that Ludwig kit sometime. I've never owned one. But I want one. I want one for that more like, like big fluffy drum sound. Yeah. You know, like I, every time I hear like a really warm rock drum tone, it's always a Ludwig. Ludwig yeah, always. Man. It's in my parents' garage somewhere. I, I haven't played it in a long time. Well, you have to pick it up. <laughs> it's been like uh, a and decade. Bring it over, and we'll <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. write a song and sure. record it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Let's plug. So where can we, where can people find your podcast? Podcast, our Facebook is just, we're talking drums. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, any streaming platform. Sweet. We're talking drums. So it's just Mm T-A-L-K-I-N, not talking, talking. (laughs) Talking. Talking drums. Yeah. And Instagram is again, just at we're talking drums. If anyone wants to like hire you to like, you know, mix a song, produce a song or, or play drums on a song, where yeah. can they find you? That, that's a whole other thing. I yeah. do, yeah. I do do session work. I do, uh, if your band needs a drummer live or a drummer just in studio, or you want to record with me, yeah. I do have a home studio. Uh, you can find me. I don't have a specific studio uh, one yet, but you can email me at Corey H drummer. At gmail.com. Also, Instagram is Corey H. Drummer. Facebook, Corey Hoffing Drummer. Yeah, you'll find Just just Google Corey Hoffing and you'll find him. I think I'm the only one. (laughs) So, especially if you add drummer in that, then I think you're all set, man. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm getting pretty busy for the end of this year. But I still have some spots available. So if anybody does want to record or your band... Needs a drummer, hit me up. I can do remote drumming. Don't hit me up. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a drum. I don't have a place to record. No, no. Hit, yeah, definitely hit up Corey. It's been a lot of fun working with a lot of awesome people this past year. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We yeah. did a couple of songs together. There's a, a version did. of a Rancid cover coming out called Loki. Yeah. That's like a, a Pink Floyd vibe yeah. to it, which is insane because the… The rancid version is like hardcore, like forty-five second punk song. Yeah, when you when you told me the idea for it, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, cool!" And then like I re-listened to the song, I was like, "This is like super fast, yeah. aggressive, like 
mm-hmm. you know, in your face rancid tune. And I was like, all right, fine. We'll do it. Cool. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And cool. it turned out really well. I'm and we actually did the, the uh, we did a Throne the Bell Tolls cover last year, which seems like forever ago. It that was does. a long time ago. And then we also did the Slayer cover with That's like right. DK and Danko and Ted from uh, uh, Ted Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us. We're famous. Fuck, bud. We've done a lot together oh, over yeah. the last year and a yeah. half or so. Hey, yeah. Shit, dude. All right. And uh, Crimson Shadows, you can find them. They're streaming everywhere. Just type in Crimson Shadows. Yeah, Crimson yeah. Shadows Band. Yeah, what else? You know, we have a new Unbowed record coming out that I played on. Recently played on a new uh, Shadow Strike EP that just got released. Now I'm trying to think what else. Uh, <laughs> there's there's tons of things. Oh my god, yeah, it never ends, man. But yeah, that's uh, that's the biggest stuff right now. So cool. yeah, maybe a pop punk thing happening in the future. You know? Yeah, we got to talk more about that. We'll talk about it off air. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Well, cool. let's end this. And then, yeah. Yeah. As usual, if you like this episode, make sure you uh, you know you share it. You tell your friends about the episode. You tell your friends about the podcast. You write your granny in and send her you know a text message, whatever. You, however, you talk to your granny, tell her about the Miserable Failure podcast. And if you want to purchase some merchandise, we have lots of t-shirts and uh, we have socks and underwear and hoodies and all that good stuff. Just head over to crustymedia.ca and click on the shop button. And I have to give a shout out to Steve Risen. He is the technical producer on this episode and every episode. That's why we sound so good because he mixes and masters all the episodes. So thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. He works He's at Drive best. Studios in Toronto, Canada. And is there, do you want to say goodbye to the people? Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
Amazing, no one was hurt. Bye, everybody. Uh.